Okay, guys, let's get started. We are on Davavam a bit. We talked about yesterday the idea of having the uh, the different rainfalls of Rivri Avri Shona Benoni Shnia and Shlishit. So uh, we said, what's the point of all this? Shnia Lamai. We said, you said the first one we said was Lishol. That's when we started asking for rain. And the Shlishit is when we start fasting over the lack of rain. And the last one of Avonala says, Shnia Lamai. What's funny? The second one is Amar Bizera the Nidarim. Bizera says, for the purpose of Nidarim. I mean, Ditnan, as we learned in the Mishnah, Hanoder Ada Geshamim. And then there's a gears to change here, which should be, Ad She Yerdu Geshamim. Gears a version, a version of the text. Okay, so either until the Geshamim or Ad She Yerdu Geshamim, Ad She Tered Shnia. So the, the, the way Rashi explains is when it comes to Nidorim, we follow Lashon B'nei Adam, we follow the way people normally speak. And when people say things like that, like in, until the... Uh, oh, you stole your asthma. If, uh, when it comes to um, things like if you say, talk about until the rainfall, so what do people mean when they say until the rainfall? What they mean is the second Riviyah. They don't mean the first one, they mean the second one. So that's a useful point in terms of Nidorim. Okay, we'll see a few different answers to this question of what the value is of identifying the second of the Riviyahs. Rav Zvin Amar Lezetim. Rav Zvin said that he thinks it's relevant for Zetim, for olives. What are we talking about? Ditnanus. We learned in the Mishnah, So when are all people... Uh, per- permitted to take a, to take advantage of the leka shechampeya. Leka shechampeya, if you remember, are uh, three gifts we leave for the poor in the field. All right, uh, leka is stuff that uh, got dropped on the ground when you were harvesting, and you're not supposed to pick it up. Shechus is stuff that you forgot to harvest, and uh, you're supposed to just leave it forgotten. And peya, you leave a corner of the field. Any sized corner, but uh, at least a corner of the field that's unharvested. Uh, the primary purpose for that is for the Andiyim to come through and to be able to collect and have uh, some food to eat. Uh, but at a certain point, we say, you know what, the Andiyim have been here, and now anybody who wants to can take advantage of that. So when is that? So the Mishnah says, Misha Yelchu ha Nimushot, when the Nimushot go through. We'll see what Nimushot means in a minute. Beperet. Uv'ololot, peret and ololot is the same thing, just uh, the same uh, mitzvah, just has to do with the uh, vineyard and with the grapes. Misha yachu aniim bakerem, it's when the aniim go through the vineyard, v'yavo, and they come back a second time. So once they've been through a second time, anybody else can go through. Bezetim, when it comes to olives, here's the key point, misha tegred revi'ah shiniyah, it's when the second rain falls. So my nimushot, what is a nimushot that allows everybody to collect, collect a shechon peah? Um, Rabbi Yochanan, sabe da'azla, it's old people, like the word sabe and safta, uh, who walk on a cane. A cane. So they walk through very slowly, presumably, and they uh, and notice everything. So once they've been through, then anybody else can come through. Reish Lakish Amar, lakute butter lakute. He says... It's Nimushot uh, is Lakute Bata Lakute. It means that a person goes through. I mean, Lakute literally is like the pickers, the people who pick or, or collect. Uh, and then the other, like, then the kids sort of come running after. So, like, if one person's going through and the kids afterwards, so they collect as much as they can. The child's like running after them and collecting all the other stuff. Once that's been through, so then anybody else can take advantage. Okay, so that's the second explanation of what the relevance of this terminology of Raviyash Nia is. Rapapa Amar Harashut. Rapapa says uh, it's relevant because to allow us to walk in the Shvilei Rashut, the Shvilei Marpads Rashut um, means like uh, optional, uh, but also refers to the following that um, individual people, if they had to say fields, so uh, 
most of the year, you're not really allowed to go trample someone's field if you want to like, make a shortcut. You can't just walk through someone's yard. Okay. However, uh, in the dry season, once it's sort of the summer already, and walking through the field is going to have no effect because they're not planting anything anymore. Everything's been harvested. You're not going to have you're not the ground is dry, so you're not going to make like furrows in the ground or anything like that. So there's no problem. So you're allowed to do that. At a certain point, we say, you know what? Now it's off limits. Now you have to go stick to the main roads, and you can't just cut through someone's permit. Uh, obviously, if they give you permission, you can, but you can't just cut through people's fields without permission. So when is that? So that's again Malchim Kaladam Bishvile Rishut Ashe Tered Revia. So that's that's a statement that you can walk through until Tered Revia Shniya. Excuse me, Revia Shniya. Then the second rainfall at that point it becomes too moist. You know, it's suitable for planting and things like that. And that's when you have to lay off. Okay. He says, no, I'll tell you, another explanation of what it's uh, Rav Yashni is for is the halacha biur perosh This is a good day in terms of like uh, knowing a lot of like different little halachot about uh, the fields and things like that. Biur perosh is as follows, that uh, on the Shemitah year, so you know you're not allowed to harvest your fields, everything is hefkar, everything is uh, ownerless, but you are allowed to eat the fruits and, uh, and, and things that grow uh, in the field, but they have kedusha shvi'it. Okay, they have a certain amount of kedusha, and you have to treat them properly. And that's a big issue when uh, when the shmita year comes around here. Also, how do we manage that? Okay, now in the eighth year, um, at a certain point in the eighth year, I mean, it's no longer the shmita year, but there's something there's a halacha called biur perosh which means you have to get rid of all the fruits um, of a particular type at particular times in the year. Meaning, at a certain point, even though during the shmita year you are allowed to have these foods in your house and you're allowed to, in your house and you're allowed to eat them. At a certain point, you're not allowed to have them in your house anymore. Why not? So um, we have the following drasha. Okay, Ditam, we have the following Mishnah. Until when are you allowed to benefit from or burn as fuel the uh, stalks and the straw of Shviit? Until the second Revia uh, comes down. Okay, so that's the halacha that's relevant for our purposes. That's the, the point there. But what is going on? What's the deal with this uh, this issue of biur perushviit? Presumably, biur perushviit is about if you have to destroy it, like um, like biur chametz, or just get it out of your possession. We possibly have to just get it out of your possession, so you make it hefker. So my time, and what's the reason? Diuchtiv, as it says in the pasuk of Yikra, perakafei, which is about shmita, ulevili hamtacha velachaya asher bartachada for your animals and for the wild animals that are in your land. What's the comparison, the juxtaposition of um, domesticated animals, behemot, and wild animals, chayot? Any time that the wild animals can eat that particular type of food in the field, and can find it there, you can feed your animals in the house. If it ceases, meaning it's no longer available for the wild animals in the field, then you also need no longer uh, have it for your animals in the field. And this is a real thing. This is what we do when you have certain foods in your house. Uh, there's a, a date that's uh, understood, that is declared when the biur perosh eat is for particular types of foods, and you have to get rid of all those foods by that time. It's particularly relevant if you have uh, wine that was, uh, that was produced from shmit from uh, perosh fi'it because that that lasts a lot longer. So usually you're not going to have the fruits in your house any longer because by the time the perosh fi'it comes around because you've eaten them already. But uh, wine that's an issue where you have to uh, get rid of the wine bottles and things like that. One of the issues with having uh, uh, perosh fi'it and, and wine from perosh fi'it. Okay, uh, first wide line. Amar Rabbi Abahu, 
My lashon rivia. What is the language of rivia? We said that the rivia ashnia, so the second rainfall. But what is that language, anyways? Why is it? Why are we using that? It's going to be a strange language. So it says like this: davar sherovea et It's something that penetrates into the ground. Like the rain penetrates into the ground. Kidder Rav Yehuda, and according to the opinion of Rav Yehuda, the Amar Rav Yehuda, mitra baala de arahu, that the matar, the rain, is like the husband of the ground. Okay. Oh, I knew Simon was going to like that line. <laughs> I'm not sure what it means, but I knew Simon would like it. Shenemar, uh, as it says, that when the, the, uh, the, the rain and the snow falls from the uh, heavens, and there it will not uh, uh, return. It will, again, it will sort of like penetrate and soak up into the ground. And the key point is the holy da, that it will give birth, so to speak, right? And it will grow, meaning that there's an idea that uh, the rain is sort of, in, in a certain sense, almost like impregnating, in a certain sense, the ground, and allows it to give birth and grow. And that's the lashon of rovea, of penetrating, which is sort of like a sexual in your, in your, uh, uh, language, that it's allowing the land to become, uh, you know, uh, to grow and to reproduce. Okay, so that's the language of rivia. And Rabbi Yavahu goes on to say some more things about Rivia. Number one, that the first Rivia is enough that it seeps into the ground a tefach deep. Okay, like it creates, like, I guess, maybe a softness of the ground in a tefach deep. And the second one, it's the, the ground is sort of moist enough, if you think about clay or dirt turning into mud, it's moist enough that you could seal up the, um, the mouth of a barrel, like the, the, the top of a barrel. Like you wouldn't have to add water. Normally, if you want, the way they sealed up the barrels is they have this clay and you have to moisten the clay and you can seal it all up. So if you had to add water to that, then that's not the riviashnia. Riviashnia is moist enough, it's wet enough, it's like sticky enough, you'd be able to accomplish that without adding. Okay? Amar of Chizda, Amar of Chizda says then, on a related note, uh, when it have enough rain that you can seal up the top of a barrel, that is um, no longer in the category of the atzar, that he will cease. The God will stop up the heavens and there won't be rain. That's like the curse, right? That if we don't do the mitzvot, Hashem will stop up the, rain, the heavens. So how much do I know when we're like out of the woods and it's not in you know, fulfillment of that uh, curse? That's when you can, enough kedei lagufa pi chavit. What? That seems like a weird line. So the Gishamim, the rains that fall down before Ve'atzar, and Rashi explains that means before the time of Kriyat Shema, okay, if it comes down before then, there's no, uh, no uh, issue of Ve'atzar there as well. But which Ve'atzar, which, which time do we recreate? Well, we recreate at night and during the morning. Amar Abaye, lo amran ala kodem Ve'atzar orta. That's only, we only said that with regard to the Ve'atzar of the night. But if it comes before the Be'atzar of the morning, there is still a possibility. Presumably we're talking about very light rains, not heavy rains. 
because heavy rains would be good no matter what it is. Let's say a light morning rain, that's not like, you don't, you don't say, oh, after a light morning rain, you don't say, oh, you know, we're in the clear, everything's great. Not necessarily. As Rabbi Yitzchak said, these morning clouds, they have no substance. They have no substance. But it says in Hosea, What should I do for you, Ephraim or Yehuda? Ephraim is the, is the, represents Yisrael. So the two nations there, Yisrael and Yehuda, your chesed, like your good deeds, your chesed is like the clouds of the morning. Like it's worthless, it's nothing. So you see that the clouds in the morning are not really so effective. So Amr Rapapa said to Abai, but people have this uh, statement, there's a sort of like a folk, a folk saying, Mitra, um, when you open the door, there is rain, Barchamra, the, the donkey driver, who apparently would also uh, then transport, I guess, grains and things like that, close up or crumple up your uh, your uh, sack, vegani, and go back to sleep. Meaning, if there's a, if there's a rain in the morning, you're all good. Like everything's gonna be great. You don't even have to go to work today. Like just go back to sleep because everything's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be, you know, so that sounds like morning rain is really very effective. So which one is it? Is it that morning rain is worthless, or is it that morning rain is amazing? Mark says, Okasha. It's no difficulty. Hadikatir be'eva, hadikatir ba'anane. It depends. Are there, is it, katir means like, is the is sky full of like thick clouds, or is it full of thin clouds? Okay, so if it's thick clouds, then that's good, that's a good healthy rain. If it's thin clouds, eh, no big deal. Okay. Which one's thick and Eva is thick, I believe. Okay. Amar of, uh, like, like the word ave, it means thick in, uh, in Hebrew, right? So, avim are like thick clouds. Uh, Amar of Yehuda, Ravida said, Tava Lashata, what's good for the year, to Tevet Armalta. That Tevet will be literally widowed, but it means that Tevet will have, Tevet will have no rain. Tevet, you know, is uh, in the winter months, right? But uh, not to have any rain there, that's actually good for the year. Okay, we'll see why. Iga de Amre, some say, the uh, lobayre tarbitze. Some say it's because lobayre tarbitze. Rashi gives two explanations. Bayre tarbitze could be that the place where they're marbitzin Torah, the places where they spread Torah, have no borot, have no pits, because like the roads are kind of nice and clear. If it's not raining a lot, then the roads aren't all muddy and disgusting, you know. And like uh, we would say, our, our modern equipment would be like potholes and things like that. So it's great because people can not the tamidim can go the shear and everything is like really easy to get around. So that's a good. Uh, it's good not to have rain in that season. Uh, another uh, explanation he says is that the uh, the fields. Uh, the ginot. It refers to ginot. The tarbite means the uh, the uh, the gardens that. Uh, they don't need all that. They don't need all that rain or whatever, so they'll be okay also. First explanation, I think, fits a little smoother with the words, at least the way he explains it. But uh, Okay, so that's the uh, that's one explanation of why uh, it's, good, it's good not to have rain in Tevei. The Ika de Amri de lo shakil shudafda. And some say because the shidafon, certain like very like harming harmful winds, don't have as much of an effect when it's dry out. If it's wet, so then that, like it can ruin all the crops, but if it's dry out, it wouldn't really have uh, much of an effect at all. So Gemara says, "Any is that so?" The Amar of Chista Tavel Lashata de Tebed Minuvalta. Chista says exactly the opposite. That's good for you to have Tebed be Minuval, like to have uh, tons of rain. You know, to have it's like all messy. It's great. We want it. 
Mar says, Lokasha, Hadaata Mitra Meikara, Hadaloata Mitra Meikara depends. Was there Matar beforehand or not? If there was no rain beforehand, so you want Tevet to have a lot of rain because we need it. If you had the Matar beforehand, so that's like the best. It'd be nice if we got all the, all the rain early in the season, and then we don't need the, the Tevet to have a lot of rain. So it's just depends. V'amar Rav Chista, and Rav Chista goes on to say, Gishamim Shiyardu al Miksat Medina, the al Miksat Medina lo Yardu, so back to this idea of the Be'atzar, and if you have rain fall on part of the, the area, part of the state, um, and part of the state, it doesn't, it doesn't rain, that's actually not a problem. Okay, it's actually not so bad. Okay, because I guess you'd say like, okay, one place is a little more growth, but okay, there would be enough for both, uh, for both together. Kamar says, Amy, is that really so? It's like I lost my place. Um, we have the Pasuk in Amos, So I held, I held back from you the rain in three more months before the harvest. And I'm going to make it rain on one city. Meaning, on one place I'm going to make it rain, and other place I'm not going to make it rain. And this is a curse. This is something terrible. So it sounds like having rain in one place and not in another is really bad. So which one is it? And Rabbi says the name of Rav, that's both for Klala. It's, it's negative that one, you know, one has, one doesn't have. Rav says, Lokasha, Hada'ata Tuva, Hada'ata Kinubayle. Depends. It's, in the, in the Pasuk, it's talking about when it comes a lot, Da'ata Tuva. It's too much. They said, in one place, it's going to be a lot, it's going to be rain, it means it's going to be too much rain. In another place, it's not going to have rain, they're going to have no rain. But here, what we're saying is, you have just as much as you need. Kinubayle means just as much as you need, so that's fine. If you have just as much as you need, so having one city have it, one place not having it, not such a big deal. Okay. Amarab Ashe de Kanami. Rashi says you can even infer this if you look closely in the Pasuk. Tirtiv Timtar Tehe Makom Matar. So you see the language itself, it's sort of like you can uh, read that word. It'll be a place of Matar, a place of rain. Shmabina. Okay, so we learn from that. All right. From when do we make a bracha on rain? There is such a bracha on the Sidur that you make a bracha on like the first rains. So when do we do this? When the groom goes out to greet the bride. That doesn't mean literally a groom and a bride. What it means is, if the water, uh, if you guys ever seen like in slow motion when they have like a drop of water falling into a puddle, so you know like the, the drop falls, and then the puddle, and then the, there's like water that rises up you know, after the drop, you know what I'm talking about? So that's the case. That's so the rain comes and like the water like pops up, and so that's like the chatas, the next drop of rain, which is the kala. Okay, so the idea is when you have that amount of rainfall where it's like puddly, and so the rain, so the so the when the, when the rain continues to fall, it's like splashing upwards also. So that is enough rain, at which point we say the bracha on the gishamim. Okay, my mevarech. So what's the bracha that we make? Amar Avida Marav, Modimanachlin Lacha Hashem Elokeinu, Akolti Pabitipasharatam. We thank you for every single drop that you brought down for us. Uh, okay, so that's one element. Rabbi Yochanan Mesayim Bahachi. Rabbi Yochanan will conclude the bracha as follows: Ilufinu Melei Shirakayam, Ushaneinu Rinat Hamon Galav Bechulai. Right? This should, maybe this sounds familiar. Uh, if only our mouths were full of songs, uh, uh, singing like all the waves, Bechulai Ad. And there's a, also another Gersa issue here. Uh, either or the Gura points in here. It says, We should uh, coronate you, Hashem, our King. Baruch Rov Hahodaot. Blessed is the the, the uh, most of the praises. Kamar says, "What? Rov Hahodaot? Below Kol Hahodaot? Most of the praises? Not all of the praises?" So Amarava Ema Kel Hahodaot. So say instead, it's Kel Hahodaot, the God of praise. Amarapapa. Rapapa says. 
Therefore, what we'll do is, let's turn the page for a second, Nimrinu Litarbaihu, we'll say both of them, Kel Hodaot, Virov Hodaot. If you look at Rashi for a second, Nimrinu Litarbaihu, we'll say both of them, Baruch Ata, Virov Hodaot, Bimarbita Hodaot. Rashi is saying here, so the Rosh, sorry, 30 seconds. Uh, Raja says the rova hodot here doesn't no, no longer means most of the of the hodot means like the many hodot like like so many praises that's the idea so we have both ideas together kelo hodot rova hodot and we can be happy that everyone is uh, all the different opinions are to put together so we'll stop here and we'll continue on Sunday. Yeah.